Hello and welcome to the Strasbaugh Show. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about one of the most iconic songs, possibly of all time, certainly of the 20th century, Let It Be by the Beatles. Now, we're not talking about it just because I absolutely love it. We're going to talk about it and use it as a vehicle to explore what Google will tell you is one of the most popular and beloved chord progressions on the planet, the 1564 chord progression. Now, in addition to Let It Be, here are some other songs, and this is just a handful, that also use the 1564 chord progression. We've got Journey, Don't Stop Believing, James Blunt, You're Beautiful. Uh, let's see here, Elton John, Can You Feel the Love Tonight? Uh, John Denver, Take Me Home Country Roads, Lady Gaga, Paparazzi, You Too, With or Without You. Bob Marley, No Woman, No Cry, Men at Work, Land Down Under, 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 what a great song, Aha, Take On Me, oh, Green Day, When I Come Around. The 1564 chord progression is all over pop punk. Now, why we love it? Well, there's lots of reasons, but let's get into the nuts and bolts, the science, the math, the theory behind the 1564. Now, since we're using Let It Be, that means we're going to talk about this concept in the key of C, because that's the key that that song is in, which is great for people who teach music theory, because we don't have to worry about those sharp and flat thingies to keep it simpler for you, my dear listener. Now, if I take any key, key of C in this case, I start on C, and then I go up alphabetically in the key. So for the key of C, that's C, D, E, F, G, A, B, and then back to C. Those are the notes in alphabetical order in the key of C, and they're going to sound like this, starting on C, C, D, E, F, G, A, B, C, you may have heard, Do, Re, Mi, Fa, So, La, Ti, Do. That's that whole jam right there. We take those notes in that order. We're in the key of C. We call C one. And we just go up numerically as well. C is 1, D is 2, E is 3, etc. Easy stuff, right? So when I talk about 1, 5, 6, 4, I'm talking about the notes C, G, A, and F. If I just do that a couple times, pick a song, you're like, isn't it that song? Yeah, it's that song. Whatever song you're thinking, it's probably it. Such that, sidebar here, if you've ever gone to like a dueling piano bar, those cats are pretty amazing. The musicians there, they know a lot of tunes, but a lot of times they get requests for tunes they don't know. So do they not play them? No, they play them. They just, they pull the lyrics up, and a lot of times they just play one, five, six, four, and it works. Every time, because it just sounds great, and all the chords just want to keep cycling and flowing into the next. It's a very natural function of musical gravity, which is something that I love discussing with my students. Now, even though 1564 is a four chord progression, we're going to talk about three of these chords first the C, the F, and the G. Now, when I talk about 1564, I'm not just playing the notes. <laughs> We're playing the chords that are built off of those notes. So in this case, it's C, G, A minor, and F. We're going to put the A minor to the side for a second, though, and we're going to talk about C, F, and G. 
Now, a minute ago, I said that we, we lay the key, we lay the notes in the key out in alphabetical order and then assign numbers to them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, one, C, D, E, F, G, A, B, C. But just like our alphabet doesn't actually work in alphabetical order, that's not its function, music is kind of the same way. It's not that you can't go up and down a key or up and down a scale, but that's not how notes are naturally, magnetically, if you will, through gravity connected to each other. The interval that, frankly, the whole musical system that we use is predicated upon is an interval called the perfect fifth, or just the fifth. If you're a musician, you may be hip to something called the circle of fifths. Yeah, it's not coincidence. That's because notes that are a fifth apart are connected through science and math, through the physics of sound. Their wavelengths, their hertz, in which we measure them, are so similar that sometimes notes that are a fifth apart are confused for each other. So if I start on C, and if I say C is one, and I go up five, C, D, E, F, G, that's what we call the five chord. C and G are, again, magnetically attracted to each other. C would be what we call the root, or one, and G is its fifth. But if we look at F, and we think of it alphabetically, one, or numerically, one, four, and five, You've got one, you skip two and three, and then four and five are next to each other in our, in our key, in our scale. Yeah, but only when we write it in alphabetical order. And again, that's not really how they function. If we start on C and we go backwards a fifth, start on C and go C, B, A, G, F. F is a fifth below the note C. So if we're in the key of C, I want you to visualize three pillars, big, stout, solid pillars, holding up the key. Right in the middle is one, in this case, C. A fifth above it on one side is G. On the other side is F. C is in the middle. G is a fifth above. F is a fifth below. Now, not coincidentally, these are also the three notes upon which we build our three major chords in this key. So when you take the C, the F, and the G chord, the one, the four, and the five, you can kind of mix and match them any way you want to. One, four, five, five, four, one, one, five, four. It doesn't matter. One, five, four. One, four, five. Five, four, one. Four, five, one. This is La Bamba, Jesse's Girl by Rick Springfield. It's the one, four, five chord progression. But when we add the six chord to this mix, well, one, there's an extra chord that we have to make room for, but that six chord bears some explanation. It's a minor chord, first of all, which adds nice variety. It's understood in basic music theory circles that major chords are going to sound or be perceived of as happier sounding. Minor chords sound sadder. Okay, fair enough. But if we zoom in one level with our microscope, so to speak, and look at the notes in the A minor chord itself, we can logic it out as to why it works really, really well. The A minor chord is very similar, first of all, to our C chord. And in fact, if C is 1, 6 is A, these chords, historically, they're considered substitutes 
for each other. They serve the same function. Two of the notes in A minor also appear in C. Our C chord is C, E, G. A minor is A, C, and E. So the notes C and E are in both, hence they're going to sound a lot alike. Here's a C chord. Here's A minor. Hallelujah. A minor and C. But the A minor also shares two different notes with our F chord. Now, as we zoom in with our microscope into the actual notes in these chords and observe them as we move from chord to chord in the progression, we learn some things about these relationships that only reinforce what our ears are already hearing. Meaning, if I see what's going on by looking at the notes, my ears will comprehend it better. It's a fascinating thing. So if I take the C chord, which is C, E, and G, and I take the notes in the G chord, which are G, B, and D. If you mix them around, which you can do with chords, you will realize that G is in both chords. And then the, the notes that are different between them, well, C has C and E, and your G chord has B and D. And if you look at those relationships, C in my C chord and B in my G chord, they're what we call a half step away. Or on the guitar, it's one fret. And our ears love half-step resolutions. They are also a gravity sort of relationship. They're always pulling on each other. And then the one note remaining in each chord, E in the C chord, D in the G chord, well, they're a whole step apart. But the point with all this is, if you take a C chord and a G chord, the minimal amount that you're able to move between them, if you want to, is a total of three frets. That's really, really close. And you hear the closeness if I play them like this. C, G. Notice the highest note isn't moving. That note is G. It's a common tone, meaning it's in both chords. And if I listen to the other notes, isn't that pretty? You're damn right it is. But then it goes to the A minor chord. Well, my G chord going to my A minor chord, all the notes move. There are no similar tones. There are no common tones. So if I just go for my G chord, down to the A minor chord, all the notes move, some more than others, but that's normal. But now from A minor to F, two of the notes stay the same. One note moves. F has F, A, and C in it. A minor has A, C, and E, meaning these two notes, A and C, A, C, that's in both of my chords. A minor is A, C, E. F is F, A, C. That it seems like you would be forgiven if you thought that songwriter, that musician, sat down at the piano or their guitar and just beat their brains in trying to figure out how to make this sound absolutely perfect and really musical. 
it really doesn't take that much effort if you know your basic stuff. Keep the notes you can keep, move the ones you gotta move, move the smallest distance possible, a concept we call voice leading, and it starts to sound like this. So that right there was just me improvising over those four chords a couple of times. And that, my friends, is some basic insight into the one five six four chord progression as demonstrated in one of the best songs of all time, Let It Be by the Beatles. Dig it. We'll see you next time. 